Okay, I am rolling. I am rolling now. Name something more terrifying. You think that he's just like this beautiful character from your childhood that you only saw like the right side of his body of for so long until he got in his little go-kart and started throwing bananas. But truly, truly, Mario may be one of the more sinister creations of our generation. No no follow-up questions. Great. I... I'm glad because I, one, have so many follow-up questions, but two, don't have the language for them yet, so I don't even know where to start. Uh, but it sounds That's like you fair. have a lot of trauma around a fictional Italian man who is a plumber, so I don't... You know what? I love I an underdog. Know. I've always been very partial to Luigi. Luigi? I feel ah, like Luigi yeah, never yeah, yeah, got yeah. enough hype. It was always, no. it's me, Mario. You know what, Mario? Maybe you should just take a seat. And give Luigi the spotlight for a little bit. It's like the same dynamic you know, as Pinky and the Brain. It's the same dynamic as Mickey and Goofy. Mm-hmm. Like, they're both dogs. No, they're not. Mickey's a mouse. What? <laughs> I was thinking I was, of Pluto. I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure Mario and Luigi are Italian men, not dogs, but maybe well, metaphorically speaking. Let's just be clear. None of these people exist. None of these characters exist. They're all made up and the points don't uh, points matter. Points don't matter. Hey, Hey, everybody. My name's Lex. And I'm Jules. Welcome to the Peony. Welcome to the peony, the peony, the peony. Spooky uh, edition. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> SOS. <laughs> Spooky Halloween. Uh, <laughs> we have some stories to share. Yeah, we do. We're we're keeping it uh, goofy at the top because some of these stories. Well, one of. I've read one, haven't read the other, so we get to go through a a, a, a journey together. Uh, but when yeah. I tell you that I went into the back room of my house, the back mm-hmm. room that I had an, an experience with that I've spoken about before on this podcast oh, yes. of yes, yes, yes. things flying that had no right to fly, yep. I went in there. I started looking up one of the stories that I did research for. And my internet just stopped working. Like, I went to search, like, the address of the house, the address of, you know, th- and it, those tabs just refused to load. Ooh. So now I'm terrified. Oh, God. <laughs> but here we are. It's spooky. It is. And we are kicking things off. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast for the past couple of weeks, our dear friend, Finnegan Justice Murphy of the RPG Concierge has been calling in and dropping some voicemails about the witch in his neighborhood and ghost witch. The ghost witch. Ghost witch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so cute. Ghost witch. Um, And he left us a voice memo or he Mm -hmm. recorded a voice memo, even though we said, Finn, are you part of the CIA? Okay. Can do we have to warp the voice? What are we doing? Um, so I we've got an this. update. 
I love this. This is so he sent an email that I'm going to read to you about how mm-hmm. he obtained this footage, this audio <laughs> footage. And then I'm going to play the recording for you. And so if you recall last episode, if you haven't listened, this has been ongoing. It's been towards the end of the last four episodes. We've had updates from Finn. And so this is an ongoing saga. And last week he was like, okay, I'm going to find a way to record her. I'm going to talk to her, find a way to record her. And we had concerns, but nonetheless, he persisted and Finn got us the goods. (laughs) So here it is. From Finn Justice Murphy. Hi, y'all. I just got back from a walk with Lolo, and we didn't get to see the witch today, which is sad. I wanted to have at least one spooky recording with her actual voice for the Halloween episode. So I've been using the voice memo app on my phone and putting it mic side up in my chest pocket whenever we walk by, just in case we talk again. (sighs) Anyway... I use charity miles when we go for walks, so those steps count for something. And I noticed that our pace tonight was much slower than normal. We usually clock in at somewhere around 2.6 to 2.8 miles per hour, but tonight we were down at 2.1. Also, for the route we took, it's usually around four and a quarter or four and a half miles, but my distance was up to 5.1 miles. Mm -mm. Also, got home about a half hour later than we ought to be. So, I took a listen to the voice memo before deleting it. I usually just delete it without listening to it since I haven't seen her since I started doing that. And now I'm kind of creeped out, like, what else did I miss? Anyway, here's the voice memo. The static continues for a long time. I trimmed it down because I didn't want to send a long-ass file. I also trimmed the beginning minute or so where I'm walking up to the house. So full disclosure there, I did edit the file down, but I didn't put any effects or whatever on it. So she wasn't, (laughs) what I got from that email is that she wasn't there, but he picked up her voice. Yeah. He doesn't remember her being there is what I'm picking up from this. Because like there's some time missing that he can't account for. Just play the voicemail, voice memo. Just, I... Hello again. Hi. Um, so are you a witch? Why don't you come walk with me for a while? Like, in your yard? Yes. The dog can't come past the fence. Leave it out there. Uh, no, thank you. I, I don't want to leave her alone like that. I insist. Come inside with me. Okay, yeah, let me just tie her up. Now you know three witches. Only two care about you. That's it. That's it. That's now you the know message. three witches only two care about you. I what? That what? What? What mm. happened? Did Finn go into her house? I think. Well, <laughs> did Finn like go on a walk with her because he he got more like more miles in? 
right? Because usually it's like four and a quarter, four and but a half. he has no memory of it? I think so. I think she... I don't think he remembered it and then saw that he had a voice memo and was like, interesting. I, um... Finn, are you alive? I haven't talked to him in a few days, so I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, he's cursed. Is Finn, like, what if he got replaced? Like, it's not Finn anymore. It's just Finn's vessel. He's a, po- oh my God. <laughs> I hate this so much. Like a pod person? No, I don't. Mm-mm. What this, if the witch, what if the ghost witch is, he always sees her in her yard because she can't leave because she's bound to her yard. And the only way that she can leave is by hijacking the body of a human that can be outside of the perimeter. And so when she like, like got him no! into her yard, she like possessed him and is now able to leave the premises or like swapped them. Maybe she like swapped their souls and now she can leave in Finn's body. And maybe Lola so witnessed the whole thing. We've been cursing our listeners for a while then with Finn's voice. Like I, wi- mm. <laughs> I don't like this. If your original theory of oh, no. hex over audio holds, then yes, likely so. Sorry, y'all. Whoops. Unless it happened recently. Like, unless he danced, unless, like, it was a seduction dance that she did with him, and he finally, his curiosity went out, and then she she was just like, we're going to switch bodies now, and you're stuck in this yard, and no one will know except for your dog, who I'm never bringing back here again. Oh. Like a Freaky Friday situation, but not fun. Yeah. No Lindsay Lohan Uh here. How how does one test for witches? Because the next time I see him, um, well, the, if he's listening, if he, the ghost witch, whoever you are, is listening to this podcast, never mind, you're going to know. I don't like any of this. I don't like it. I don't, I I think, don't like it. I don't I, like it. I think it. you need to see if Lolo is how Lolo is around Finn now. If she's mm-hmm. edgy and like uncomfortable, then that's not mm-hmm. Finn. Mm-hmm. That the dog will know. That's why the dog isn't to- allowed in the yard. Uh. The do- <laughs> dogs are the ghost witch's kryptonite. I'm I'm listen, I'm a fucking Sherlock over here. I'm just putting it all together a clue you, at a time. You really are. I'm just over here like so she took part of his memories. Is she a memory thief? Like, and versus Body you just swapper. don't remember what happens when you step onto her yard. I, oh no. How, uh. Yeah, and now she's calling us as, or emailing us as Finn to taunt us and taunt and taunt Finn because Finn can't leave the premises and, and his only way to connect with the outside world is listening to the peony <laughs> that's it sos i know finn if you need help call us leave send us up a, a flare leave us a voicemail <laughs> yeah oh no so is that just yeah. how the story ends that's it we're I don't are we know. gonna get more updates i don't know finn are well we don't know like is it mm. finn that's leaving voicemails now or is it the ghost witch Fuck. <laughs>
Well, happy Halloween, everybody. Okay. We did this to ourselves. I, I don't know what this says about me, but Ghost Witch, mm-hmm. if you're listening, yeah, I think that you we could figure out a segment for you on the show, or maybe even your own podcast. Oh. I think yeah. I think there's an audience for you, and I think you. I bet you probably give good advice. So I'm thinking like a Dear Abby type vibe, but you know, more witchy. So call us. <laughs> Seven zero seven eight nine two zero four zero one, and if you're not the ghost, which you can also call us, leave us a voicemail. <laughs> That's that on that. We'll um, keep you posted as we find out more. If we find yeah, out more, well, if we find out more, we will let y'all know. Uh, mm-hmm. But in the meantime, we're going to share some other spooky stories with you in the spirit of Halloween. So I think <laughs> your neighbors are going to think your house is haunted. <laughs> My neighbor, let me tell you, is a badass bitch. She oh, was an environmental activist all her life. And she like literally oh, like has gotten arrested. She's like started shit. She, her. Is your I don't neighbor think Jane I, Fonda? I, I, I mean, might as well be. <laughs> Might as well be. Um, I I don't know if I can talk about this, but I feel like maybe I can because it was on the news. But her friend, what like her friend was also an activist and like a famous mm-hmm. activist, and she got car bombed by <gasps> the FBI. And oh my god! My neighbor proved it in court and won like millions of dollars for the family of the victim. Like she, Holy my neighbor is shit. a badass. Oh, all right. She doesn't and, have time for ghosts. Damn. And like once or twice a week, like I saw her lugging a, a case into her car. She's older. She's I think maybe in her seventies, sixties or seventies. And she apparently like plays cello in the local band. Like, who are you? You are magical. This is an, this She's is a woman things. that has lived and continues yeah. to live. Yeah. So uh, I think she'll be fine with whatever She's rad as hell. dumbassery is happening here. <laughs> do we have another ghost story or are we? We do. Um, so we had Andrew Dexter reach out to us on Twitter. His handle is at Dexter Who. He was like, oh, you should look up the ghost of Gladstone Villa in Wales. You should look up the story. It's fascinating and it's a true ghost story. What he didn't tell us while I was researching it is that it's his story this happened to his family so i found um his telling of it um that he posted last year on facebook uh he shared it with a page called true scary stories so i'm gonna share that with you now yeah yeah (laughs) pretend i have a wonderful welsh accent i cannot do it and i shan't be doing that okay My family and I lived at a large property called Gladstone Villa in the former mining town of Bargode in Sefili County, Borough of South Wales, Valleys in the UK. Uh, This was from 1969 to 1978, and we experienced activity that simply defied rational explanation, such as lights going on and off. My mother, Caroline, met my father at the local bakehouse in Baldwin Street. She was day shift regular. My father worked the night shift. He would stay behind to make her a cup of tea, and they'd chat. They dated for three years before they got married, 
<laughs> I love this detail. They dated for three years before they got married on Monday, the 1st of April, 1968. The Beatles were number one with Lady Madonna. Very apt. They did not get a place of their own, but they decided to live with my grandparents at Gladstone Villa, which was in Cardiff Road. I was born on the 24th of August in 1969 when everyone was listening to the latest number one on the charts, Honky Tonk Woman by the Rolling Stones. It was soon after that that my mother said that strange things started to happen. I was just a baby when she said it all started off rather quietly, like small tapping here and there, but nothing too noticeable. But in time, the activity gradually increased. One time, my mother said that the family heard a noise like someone jumping down from the attic and onto the landing. Naturally thinking that someone was trying to break in, they went to see what was going on. When they got there, they found nobody there, but the hatch to the attic was open. Whatever it was eventually occupied itself in the main bedroom, which incidentally was my grandparents' room. It soon made its presence felt by walking around the bedroom, and the sounds of something being dragged could be heard. One day, my mom went upstairs to the bedroom to get my father up for work so that he could get ready for his night shift. When she got there, she was confronted by the sight of him sleeping with the ironing board placed on top of my father's torso. When he woke up, he was astonished to find the situation he was in. He suspected my grandfather was playing pranks on him, but in time, he knew my grandfather was not responsible for it and took his word for what was going on and started to believe that Gladstone Villa was haunted. As I got older, I started to witness the activity for myself. I actually saw the poltergeist activity. I saw the electrical cables being pulled by unseen forces, and I watched lights going on and off. And on Sundays, when my grandfather would play records, the poltergeist would turn the music off. However, (laughs) it took exception to the British band Slade and any religious TV shows that my grandmother Rita would watch. They would leave those on. Local police also got involved. They'd pop their heads into the attic, hesitating and not going in, but they suggested that it was just my father playing a prank on the family. A family friend was very skeptical when my grandmother told her that Gladstone Villa was haunted. I can remember her going from bedroom to bedroom, looking around and saying that, oh, it was just vibrations from the traffic outside that was causing everything. But she soon changed her mind and then suggested that we hire a medium. Medium was John Matthews, and he came to Gladstone Villa, and he started asking the family questions. He then began to challenge the spirit to perform by knocking on the ceiling. And sure enough, the ghost responded by knocking back at him. At some Absolutely point, not. Absolutely <laughs> not. At some point, uh, the medium went into a trance to try to make contact with it. However, he never got a name. But he did confirm that there was indeed a presence there and it was an earthbound spirit with unfinished business. Nope, 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 nope. Big nope, big nope. (laughs) Eventually, a priest was called to Gladstone Villa. He blessed the property and did a few prayers and then left. It was quiet for a few months after that. But then the ghost returned with a vengeance, and this time it decided to show itself. One evening, my grandfather, mom, and I were watching television while my grandmother was reading. My mom looked to the left and saw the full solid figure of a monk standing by the doorway. None of us saw it because we were all preoccupied, but she described it in detail as a monk in a typical brown habit, complete with a hood over the head so she couldn't see its face. Sounded very much like a 16th century Benedict monk. This point will come back in later. Um, There's more? It gets worse? It gets worse. 
The most frightening experience that I ever had was in the bedroom uh, that my grandparents shared. I made sure that the light was on and it was very quiet. I was lying on the bed facing the window, looking out towards the road, when I suddenly felt a very heavy pounce on the bottom of the bed. I heard the bed springs go just once and felt the bed bounce. I didn't look straight away, but when I did, there was nothing there. I went downstairs to tell my family, and when we went back in, I saw the distinctive marks of paw prints on the bed, like that of an animal. I later found out from my grandpa that he had a black Labrador named Tovey, who died right before I was born. So it's just the just just Tovey saying what's up. This is like the the haunted house in American Horror Story. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a bit more. This is a long one. All right. Uh, so from there, uh, my grandparents also claimed to hear a baby crying, but I never heard of it and really didn't take any notice of what they said. Eventually, the activity got so bad that my mom, grandma, and I slept downstairs with the lights on. It was only my grandpa who would stay in the bedroom. It was then that he had another experience. He told us that he was lying on the bed and when all of a sudden he couldn't move. He couldn't even shout for us to help. It could have been sleep paralysis, but he said that he could hear something in the room with him. Stop it. <laughs> uh, my grandmother saw the boiler door, uh, the door to the boiler room open by itself. Uh, she didn't say if there was anything there, but rushed out of the room. On another occasion, my grandmother had the sensation of something pulling out from underneath her her foot as if she had stepped on somebody else's foot. <laughs> Eventually, the ghost had been around for so long that my grandma gave it a pet name. She called it Johnny, and my grandfather would shout that name in order to provoke a reaction. There was only one time that I ever heard the ghost being vocal. We were all in in the bedroom where most of the activity would happen uh, when one of us wanted to go to the bathroom, but we couldn't get the door to open. My grandfather shouted, Johnny's behind there. And all of a sudden, I could quite distinctly hear the sound of Gregorian chant. And then that was it. <laughs> Your favorite music, Julia, Gregorian chant. It always comes back to Gregorian chants. <laughs> always. 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 Yeah. Uh, in the How summer many, of 19... What's the oh, tally? What? How many spirits do we have here? Unique spirit, Like, we have a dog, we have a priest, or a monk, we've, I'm sorry. A, yeah, we've got the dog, we've got the monk, we have the crying baby, and there seems to be one more, uh, which is coming up. We're, we're, getting, we're getting there. We wound up leaving in the summer of <laughs> 1978 when two local businessmen bought the property, and Gladstone Villa was eventually converted into a small hotel, and its name was changed to Red's Park Hotel. On the night before we moved, there was one final incidence, incident that we experienced as if it knew we were going and it was its way of saying goodbye. My mom, grandma, and I were getting ready to go to sleep. The light was still on and we heard the doorknob turning as if someone was trying to get in. At first, I suspected my grandpa as he was the only one who slept upstairs in the room and we thought maybe it was him trying to just play a prank. I called out to him, but there was no answer. No laugh that would give him away. We then heard our belongings that were packed in the hallway being thrown around. The next morning, we asked my grandfather if it was him playing a prank, and he insisted that it wasn't him, and to this very day, I believe him. For my 40th birthday, I had it at the Reds Park Hotel, uh, just for old time's sake. 
And it was the staff that told me about the ghost. And I told them about what had happened to me while I lived there. The staff told me their own experiences of lights going on and off and the odd sighting in room five, which was a bride seen in white, which at the time, much like the baby crying, didn't really make any sense to me. And then I started doing research on the property. And I found some very interesting things. I found out from the library and the local newspaper that the Gladstone Villa dated back to 1900. And it was named after the former Br- British Prime Minister William Gladstone. I discovered the previous people that had lived there before we did, the Kimmet family. In 1924, the newly married couple, Michael and Evelyn, had a son named Elvin. He died at the property at just four months old. This might explain the baby my mother and grandmother heard in the bedroom crying. Mrs. Evelyn Kemet died in 1970, soon after I was born. I think maybe this is why all of the activity started. I also found out that there was a monastery in Baldwin Street where my parents met and worked. And there was a property directly opposite the former Gladstone Villa property, dating back to the 16th century. It's now a public house called the Rafa Club. A priest hide is said to be there, but it's sealed up. I think this explains the monk that my mother saw. What I've said here is true. I wouldn't share this if I couldn't possibly back this up. And I've used real names as I have nothing to hide. And all I've said uh, can be verified by the family of those people I mentioned. Sadly, some of the people I've mentioned are no longer with us. I challenge any hardened skeptic and firm non-believer, and I can assure them that they will indeed most certainly question their belief system. Of this, I have no doubt at all whatsoever. In fact, I'm 100% positive. You may Google this property. It is still there in Cardiff Road in Wales, UK. This place needs to be thoroughly investigated and is well worth documenting. Andrew. First of all, (laughs) thank you for sharing, Andrew. And thank you for giving Lex her first investigation. Ooh! And a reason to go back to the UK. Boom. Ayo! Two birds, one stone. Nice. There you go. There it is. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never heard of this before. And when he tweeted at us, I was like, oh, cool. And I, he didn't tell us that it was his story. And now I'm like, wait, oh, my God, this is insane. It's so cool. Yeah, he was so casual. He was just like, you might want to look this up. Like, no big deal. And then it was like, excuse me. Huge deal. Huge. Yeah. Wild. I am horrified. Horrified. (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Hard pass. Hard pass. First of all, my, my constitution is not one that would survive in Wales. Oh, but it's so beautiful. I know. But I would make it maybe like three days into winter and I'd be like, I'm right. out. Yeah, it was um, very rainy. But wow, I definitely would not make it in that house. That's like a double whammy. <laughs> I feel the worst for Tovey. Tovey's stuck there. I know. He just wants to play and or no one plays with him. Maybe he's just checking in, you know? Could just be like a little little angel ghost dog. Like a little guardian angel pup. Could you imagine how frustrating it must be for a Labrador to want to play and instead no one sees him? No. Why? That's the the spookiest part of the whole story, if you think about it. 
or the most Why depressing. Are you hurting my feelings like this? <sighs> because I, it's Halloween. You better have a, a good story for me to make up for that. I'm mad at you. <laughs> What's your ghost I have story? One, I have one that was told to me a few years ago when I was traveling. I was in Key West and this story was told to me. And so I looked it up to get a little more context around it and share it with you all. Um, but my story is of Robert the doll. Have you heard the story of oh, Robert the doll? Uh, yes, I you have. have. Oh my God. But I'm excited. I'm excited to hear your hot takes on it. Uh, yeah. Also, I feel like you're the type of person who found some weird fun facts that I do not know about. So I'm excited for this. Oh. Likely, likely not, but we'll you see. You never know. We'll see. You never know. So in 1904, a little boy named Robert Eugene Otto was given a gift by his grandfather. It was a doll. The skin was made of cloth and he was stuffed with straw. The doll was meant to be a window display rather than a toy, but Robert's grandpa somehow acquired it from the Stafe Company, the same toy company that designed the very first teddy bear. Ooh. So if they designed this doll, who knows? <laughs> who knows? You better you better look at your freaking beanbag collection or beanie baby collection and you better sleep with one <laughs> eye open. So little Robert became infatuated with the doll. He named it after himself. He dressed it in his own outfits. He, it, You can see the doll to this day wearing a little sailor suit and that one belonged to Robert the boy. So whenever Robert the boy got in trouble, he would blame the mischief on the doll. And, you know, that's to be expected. Everyone was like, right. yeah, okay, shut up. Like, false. <laughs> like, no, kid, we know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so no one paid it any mind. And then the other thing that Robert the boy would do is he would just walk around talking to the doll. And again, no one paid it any mind. They're like, oh, it's just a kid with his, you know, doll imaginary friend, whatever. Except... There have been reports or, like, moments where they heard a deep voice answer Robert the boy. <laughs> and every time people were just like, huh, that was weird, but, like, maybe I I misheard. <laughs> just like a little boy, like, oh, what, what, would you, what would you like for breakfast today, Robert? Uh, anything but oatmeal. Like, is that, yeah. like, they're just hearing, mm. I think the I conversation. Jokes, I don't like it. <laughs> I think the conversation is more like, Robert, what do you want to do today? And Robert the doll is like, kill everything. <laughs> Your little kid voice is so cute. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Kaboo. you. Oh. Kill everything. <laughs> no. So it didn't stop there, it only escalated from here on out. There were moments where the boy's parents recalled being woken up in the middle of the night to find Robert, the little boy, screaming. And they would run into his bedroom and he would be surrounded by overturned furniture, like barricaded by overturned furniture. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Robert the doll became even more malicious. He would mutilate other toys and leave them strewed about the house. And when the boy was asked, what? he would point to the doll and say, Robert did it. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Oh, no. There was another instance where the family hired a plumber to do some work on the house while they weren't home. And the plumber said he could hear children's laughter. But when he went Mm -hmm. to look around the house, he could confirm that there wasn't anyone there. And he also said that when he looked around the room, he noticed Robert the doll had moved from one side of the window to the other, seemingly on his own. The plumber swore that objects that had been in Robert's lap ended up on the other side of the room as if he'd thrown them. No, ma'am. Mm-hmm. 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 So the boy, Robert the boy, grew up and he moved away to go to college and he took Robert with him, which is where I'm like, is this doll haunted or is Robert the now man yeah. of a questionable character? I don't know. Yeah. So he moved away. He took his doll with him, met a lady. They got married, which, honey, if he's carrying around that doll in his 20s, like, (laughs) red flag, red flag, red flag. Mm -hmm. Especially when you take into account that the doll gave her heebie-jeebies. So when they decided as a family to move back to Robert's childhood home – She was like, you need to lock up the doll. Like, I don't want him around. He creeps me out. So Robert, the man, being the good husband that he is, apparently, create like outfits the entire attic to be the doll's living quarters. And he like gives him his own stuffed animals to play with and his own toys and his own furniture in the attic. And apparently, Robert, the doll like weaseled out of his confined space. To, like there were times where he would just show up around other places in the house. But once nope. he like got nope. locked but once he like got locked in the attic and he had his space, locals swore that the doll would be situate would situate himself in a chair facing the upstairs window where he could be seen by passers by. They swore that the doll would disappear and then reappear facing another direction or that his gaze would follow them as they passed. Visitors inside the home also claimed that they could hear footsteps coming from the attic and that things would seem to move about the home on their own with no explanation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Robert the man died, and the house's new owner donated Robert the doll to the Fort East Martello Museum, where he has obtained celebrity status and where you can go see him to this day. And there have been instances where this is like Robert the doll is like serial serial killer level of celebrity, where like there have been instances of <laughs> questionable behavior, but he still mm-hmm. has an adoring fan base and like people will send the doll gifts and stuff. And as for the house, the house is at 534 Eaton Street in Key West, Florida, and it's currently a haunted B&B called The Artist House. So if you go to Key West, you can stay at The Artist House, and you can go to the museum, and you can visit Robert the Doll for yourself. I've I've heard – I think it's Robert the Doll that if you – if you, like – want to take a picture of him or something you have to ask permission first like basically you have to ask permission to talk to him to look at him like really anything and if you offend him there have been people who like they take a photo they don't ask and they 
when they get home, something bad will happen. Like they get into a car accident. They keep losing their wallet, et cetera, et cetera. And so then they like will send gifts and apology letters to Robert the doll. So that way it'll stop. Dude. And you are 100% correct. I just pulled off this public post from 2009 from someone on TripAdvisor, and she in review of the museum. Last mm-hmm. week, we were in Key West soaking up the history in wonderful sunshine. We are from New Hampshire and are not strangers to ghostly tales. Little did we realize that Robert the doll was more than just a tale. We went to the museum, and we were told by the very nice lady at the front desk to be sure and ask Robert's permission if we wanted to take his picture. I just laughed at such a silly statement. We went into the room where Robert was gazing at us. I snapped his picture not once, but three times. We then proceeded into the gallery where it was air-conditioned, and there was some beautiful artwork on the walls. I found one painting that caught my eye and decided to take a picture of it. That's when it all started. As I snapped the picture, I looked at my camera, and it said, no images. All the 50-plus pictures that we had taken in Key West were suddenly gone. We went parasailing the next day in the boat. Captain took a video of us in the air. Got back home. The disc was blank. Went to a camera store, and they could find no reason why our pictures were gone and why the disc was blank. I have also been hearing some strange noises during the night since I've been home. To all who may read this, please listen to the nice lady at the front desk at the museum. Ask Robert's permission if you want to take his picture. I am, <gasps> I am, I am terrified right now. I'm not even anywhere near <laughs> Key West, Florida, and I'm horrified. <laughs> yeah, dolls fucking freak me out. There's absolutely there's not. a no. No, 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 no. I can't no, no. do it. I can't do it. And like when you look him up, you, you like it's even creepier when you look up a picture of him. Because mm-hmm. he's from the early 20th century. Yeah. It's not. It's he's not seen a, some it's shit. Not a good he's look. done some shit. <laughs> oh, absolutely haunted. 100%. Yikes. Well, thank you for sharing that little, yeah. little nugget. Yeah. E. There was a point in the story where I was questioning whether, like, I was like, what if Robert the man is up to some shady ass shit? And he just, like, convinced all of these people that it was a doll. Right? Like, the rationalist in me is, like, it's obvious that this dude is, like, being creepy and, like, showing some psychopathic tendencies. But he somehow has gotten everyone to believe that it's the doll. But then you have all of this creepy shit happening after he's died. I know. With the doll. I don't know. know. What if they were one and the same? Again, with the oh, body maybe. swap. Ugh. <laughs> like kindred spirits, and now they're just in this tiny little doll. No, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. I think there's also like a, if I remember correctly, I think Robert the Doll is in a museum with like other haunted artifacts. Mm-hmm. And there's a belief that like maybe he's also there protecting the other haunted things so like i guess he's like been removed and gone on just like gone on world tours or something and whenever he does the activity starts to act up throughout the rest of the building and so but then once he comes back it settles down so it's like is he there to 
is he intimidating the other entities or is he there to like keep them calm? Like it's a whole. Who is whole he thing. protecting? I don't know. It, I, it, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Who is he protecting from what? What does his voice <sighs> sound like? What do you think his voice sounds like? Like he you had a voice. saying, kill everyone. Whatever you did earlier. Really? No. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Now I'm kind of <laughs> feeling like, I don't know. What if, I don't know. I feel uh, like yeah. I oh, child's, yeah. I now am like picturing him having a child's voice, even though he, the account said he had a deep voice. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just a satanic doll. I don't know. Maybe. Either way, I'm terrified and now I'm not going to be able to sleep <laughs> now tonight. Now you're never going to Key West. I'm, I actually, I love Key West. I just oh. will avoid oh that part no you know what i probably won't go back to qs i'm good i'm good (laughs) i'm good i think i've seen all i could see yeah that's fair yeah i've never been so we'll see it's delightful you should go 100 i think around halloween they do they might do like a drag halloween that's really fun down the main street yeah exciting yeah that sounds fun so that's robert the doll just to give everyone night terrors thank you for that uh, I've got one more for you. Yeah. Um, and this is a personal story that my sister-in-law sent in. Woo! Um, so this is for my sister-in-law, Erin. I have not read this email yet, so I have no idea what we're about to get ourselves into. And I don't know if she's shared this story with me before. So I just wanted to preface that. All right. Here we go. Hello, sister. It is a dark and stormy afternoon, and I sit here at my desk. This is a lie. I'm half reclined on the couch. (laughs) A bust of Pallas on the bookcase behind me, complete with Raven perched on top. Another lie. But there is a cat snoring in his bed back there. Anyway, here's the story of how I accidentally opened a portal to another world. Aaron, what? (laughs) All right. Uh, Here's the story of how I accidentally opened a portal to another world. This story takes place in my first... I know. Your arms and legs in the ride of the whole time. Rick. Uh, uh, this story takes place in my first apartment building. A lovely, if not slightly shabby, mid-60s building right off the strip in WeHo. My friend had found me a room in the apartment directly above hers. I shared this apartment with her then-writing partner and th- uh, third roommate. This roommate was constantly being recast with just about any wacky personality you could imagine. Our apartment was quiet, with the exception of the weekly scream therapy session that happened in the hills behind us on Sunday mornings, but certainly no apartment vibes that set off ghost alarms. That's Hollywood for you. I know. Uh, Actually, wait. Our apartment was quiet, with the exception of the weekly scream therapy session that happened in the hills behind us on Sunday mornings, but certainly no apparent vibes that set off any ghost alarms. That's, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) All right. <clears throat> My friend's apartment below us, however, was a different story. Oh, great. Each time I would visit... Literally. Would the- <laughs> ha! Damn it! Ha! <laughs> ha! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> My friend's apartment below us, however, was a different story. But uh, Each time I would visit, I would get the strangest sensation. A building pressure in my ears accompanied by a high-pitched ringing that would grow intolerable the longer I sat there. At first, I was af- At first, I was afraid to mention anything. Maybe I'm crazy. 
I know anxiety can play tricks on me, but this was getting weird. It happened every time. So I started asking vague questions like, do you hear that? The answer was always no. And odder ones like, are you at all concerned with the electrical current in our building? (laughs) Just trying to be as logical as possible. Like, do you think maybe the electricity is just like mm, out of control? Um, Still concerned that this might be an all-in-my-head thing, I did not share or describe the physical or audio experiences I'm having in this apartment with anybody. One night, I'm hanging out in my friend's bedroom watching YouTube videos featuring an animated gay unicorn named Tom Cruise. What can I say? Apparently, this passes for quality online queer content in 2006 (laughs) when I start to hear the buzzing again. Directly behind us is a bed and a three-light tree lamp. If you like remember those where it's like it's a lamp, but it's got the three yep. like different. OK, so it's one of those behind us. The lamp is turned on, but only two lights are but only two lights are on. The buzzing builds and the pressure in my ears starts to mount. It's building quicker and stronger than it ever has before. My heart is now pounding furiously. The pressure is escalating to pain, and I feel compelled to turn my head towards the west wall, except I don't want to because I feel like I know there's going to be something there. Something is waiting, willing me to turn towards it. I feel trapped in time. I can't speak, and then quite suddenly, the third light flashes on. I turn my head. There is something there, but it's also invisible. It's a light, a presence. It is absolutely fucking terrifying. And as much as I feel the need to look, I'm also horrified to discover that it feels impossible to look away. I'm ensnared by, uh, well, whatever the fuck is there. Just as I start to find the pain, pressure, and sound intolerable, I manage to turn my head away with a quick motion, like breaking an enchantment. Everything instantly returns to normal. My friend is frantically asking me questions. What did you see? What did you see? You saw something. I was watching you. There was a buzzing and a pressure in my ears. And then something showed up and you struggled to turn away from it. But once you did, it all ended. Thoroughly freaked the fuck out now. I demure from answering immediately. I mean, what do I say? Yes, I totally saw something, except it wasn't a something you could see. And oh my God, how are you describing exactly how I felt? But I left. Uh, before I left, I noticed one thing that jolted me. The third light in the lamp, the one that flashed on and got me to turn my head, yeah, there had been no bulb in that socket. The next day, the presence, for lack of better how the heck should I describe it-ness, made itself known again, this time scaring the hell out of my roommate, uh, who comes running back upstairs screaming, if you bring ghosts into our apartment, I will throw you out onto the street, so help me God. Cue the third scare, the prospect of being kicked out and needing to find affordable housing in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, and that concludes my spooky story. I can only assume the ghost presence thing is still haunting the apartment. As a matter of fact, I have the ability to follow up on this. But do I really want to know? Hauntingly yours, Aaron. Aaron! <laughs> ah! In my days for... In my expert opinion, I believe that you have made contact with an extraterrestrial. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I... I oh. Because if you think oh. about it, right? Extraterrestrial technology. Fuck uh-huh. with our technology. It's apparently much more superior, say the theorists. So mm-hmm. there's an entity there that 
you can tell is there, but that you can't really discern what it is or what it looks like because it's invisible Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. fucking with your electricity and you hear a high-pitched noise and you feel the pressure in your head and you feel compelled to keep looking. That all points to an extraterrestrial to me. Tell me no. I I feel like like, feel like Aaron almost got abducted by ETs. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And, okay. Here's the thing. Like I, I, so when it comes to spooky stuff, like I don't like gore and like slasher films that much because I'm like, oh, this is just gross. Uh, for me, like ghosts and demons, I think are the those are like the films and the stories that I like the most. And I think it's because as scary as they are, there's like a way to combat them, right? Like there's you could pray. There's holy water. There's mm-hmm. exorcisms. Like we. We as humans have come up with a solution. With aliens, you're fucked. Like, there's no, what are you going to do? Call Will Smith? I don't think so. Like, ugh. That, so that actually freaks me out more than if it was like a ghost or even a demon. Because it's like, how do you, how do you fight an alien? The you answer, let them get drunk in your kitchen? I don't know. The answer to every question Every Mm -hmm. single question on this planet (laughs) and in this universe is to call Will Smith. (laughs) That's that's the answer. You heard it here first, folks. Erin. She's okay. I'll say that. Of course the aliens would make contact in West Hollywood. (laughs) That's where the most interesting specimens are. I That's bet they just want to, they don't even want to, like, like uh, experiment on you. They probably just want to, like, put you in some sort of controlled environment and see how you react. Like, like a Big Brother or, you know, all those other shows. Like Truman Show. Like, like I think that's oh. what they want to do. And observe us. See, or kill I was us thinking- and harvest us for parts. Mm-mm. Well, they can only yeah. be one or the other. <laughs> There's Call no Will Smith. Ask him. I was also thinking, I was like, oh, I wonder if maybe uh, they they like, they like just pop in just to like watch us and see what's going on. And maybe that one like wasn't good at, at being invisible and doing the thing. And like maybe Aaron wasn't supposed to know that there was an alien in the room, but it was just – it hadn't quite figured out how to visit Earth yet. And mm-hmm. so it was like sending out these electric magnetic waves and – Or – I don't know. Or – or it was intentional. It was a forbidden romance. What if the alien just like saw what? Aaron, fell in love oh. with her, and was like, I've never seen a more beautiful creature. And then like tried to put himself out there, itself out there, and be like, maybe she'll return my affections. I don't know why and that's his voice. Possessed my brother. No, I'm kidding. I hope. Our Nick, are you theme, an alien? The theme of this episode is possession. <laughs> Body swapping hey. and possession. We've Boom. all we've the facts tell us something else. Yet we found a way to lead back to that every <laughs> single story. And I'm not mad about Everything it. Everything leads back to pod people. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad about it. Ooh, yikes! Well, yeah. Uh, I can't wait to give you my reco. Can we get to recos? <laughs> I'm so excited. Let's okay. get to recos because. My reco is very much in line with a lot of the things we've talked about and a lot of the things mm. that we continuously talk about on this mm-hmm. 
high quality program. Whew, hit me. Records of the week. Wee. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My record of the week is an adult cartoon on Netflix called Inside Job. It is new, 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 and you will want to binge, binge, binge. <laughs> it is basically, okay. it follows this protagonist as she has a day job, like a regular old, you know, you don't know what HR is really there for day job, mm-hmm. except her place of work is an agency that basically keeps all conspiracy theories in check to make sure that there isn't <laughs> basically all of the cons- the crazy conspiracy mm-hmm. theories that exist about lizard people and other things mm-hmm. are real in this show. <laughs> and her and her agency's responsibility is to make sure that it's not actually something that people can like a few crackpots here and there can be sold off as crackpots, but these things cannot escape out into the world because if people find out that it's real, then it can just descend the world into mayhem. And so it's like the juxtaposition of these like incredible, fantastical, mythological, urban legend things mm-hmm. and juxtaposed uh, like against just the boringness of a day job and a cubicle and H and Susan in HR and like the <laughs> dynamics of your coworkers and like the annoying shit that happens. And it again is animated and it's like an adult cartoon. So if you like, um, if you like Rick and Morty, if you like Bojack mm-hmm. Horseman, like if those are your vibes, you're going to love this show. It is spicy. It is sassy. It is witty. And it is, hysterical the conspiracy theories are if you're a conspiracy theory junkie which i am mm-hmm. you're gonna love it so oh, highly recommend i blew through it so fast what is it called again inside job inside job okay mm-hmm. dope watch I... it watch it and then you you call me you listen to me you who's out there listening to us right now, you call me 707-892-0401. You call me and you tell me you leave a little voicemail and you can mask your voice if you want. Like, right? You mask your voice. And you tell me you didn't enjoy Inside Job. And then I will find you like Liam Neeson. I will find you. Uh, legal is telling. I have legal in my ear telling me that I shouldn't threaten the audience. Yeah, you shouldn't threaten that okay. at all. I, I I'm retract. also going to say that. I uh, retract my threat. <laughs> but I will find you. I won't do anything, but I'll find you. I'll have a very spicy debate with you about why you're wrong from a safe six foot distance. <laughs> there may be yelling. Uh, there absolutely will be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got one for me, Lex? I do, yeah. Um, so mine is, uh, I guess, sort of on brand for us, but like not, it's not spooky or anything like that. So my therapist take a shot every time i talk about therapy on this podcast uh don't do that it's important you, mental health is important it it is it is um just if it is a game that you decide to play have your doctor on call um 
<laughs> so she had me do this exercise that I was like, ah, okay, fine. But uh, I actually um, really enjoyed it. And I've, I think I've actually talked about it before. But the the pandemic has had me in my feelings about like past friendships and relationships and like, oh, why didn't this thing work out? And I've been going through these weird cycles where I'm like, oh, am I attracted to this person again? Or is it just like nostalgia? So uh, the I don't know if anybody else is doing that, struggling with that. Um, how long have you, you are, how long has this been going on? Uh, well, the cycling has been about maybe like eight months or so, like started Whoa. maybe like six to eight months ago. All of a sudden I was like, oh my God, do I have feelings for this person again? It, and it's been, and usually it's like maybe like a week or two and I'm like, okay, it's fine. I'm over it. Yeah. Uh, this one was a little bit longer and I was like, oh God, no, what's happening? Uh, but basically she, my therapist was like, you should write a letter to this person and you don't have to send it to them, but you know, write Write them a letter and kind of explain, like, why you are attracted to them and, you know, what what is it about them? Like, try to figure that out. Um, and then what she also had me do was, like, not just that, but also figure out, like, who you are as a partner and, like, what you have to bring to the table as a partner. Like, who are you, essentially, in a relationship as well? Um so it's just been – it's been like a – one, it was a way to kind of like move through those feelings and sort of get them out there and move through them versus avoiding them. Uh, and it led to some really like wonderful realizations. But then on the flip side of like having to think about and talk about like myself in a relationship and like what did – what do I have to offer was uh, – for me, it wound up being really positive. And I was like, oh, this is – it – it was a little bit of like a confidence builder. So that's my reco. Write a letter to somebody if you've been like having feelings about somebody. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, I think I have romantic feelings for this person again. It could be like, I don't know, even if you have a grudge or or something, any, any feeling that's been maybe distracting, um, write a letter to that person. Uh, and then I'm also, send it to them. Don't send it. I mean, you can if you want to, I guess, but but you, you don't have to. You can like burn it or bury send it, it or put it in the shredder. I'm not sending it. Send you it. listeners, you can no. send it. I'm I'm just trying to be the voice of reason for the people. Oh, okay, yeah. And listeners, by reason, I mean I kind of just want to see what happens. Yeah, drama. Yeah. Uh, but it's a it's a really great exercise, and it's one I've used before. Usually, I use it when I'm angry at somebody, and I like mm -hmm. I'm like, dear so and so, this is why I think you're a bitch. Um, but I've never <laughs> done it like, dear so and so, uh, feelings that are yeah. not negative, weird. Um, so yeah, it's a I think like a good healthy, yeah, exercise. That's a so. good trick. I like that. Yeah, That's I like that. That's go. good advice. I'm gonna have to try it the mm -hmm. next time I get into that weird headspace yeah i feel like yeah. especially with the holidays coming up like cuffing season baby cuffing season i i only recently <laughs> learned like that phrase like maybe three years ago and the first time i heard it i was like is that like is that like when you when you like cuff your <laughs> pant legs because like as a bisexual i do that all the time like every day is cuffing season baby <laughs> uh 
No. Anyway, <laughs> it's not. In case you don't know what cuffing season is, it's like getting into a relationship and handcuffing yeah. yourself to somebody, I guess, is so the, the thing. I don't know. You know, you go through cycles, especially where the weather is maybe a little bit more, like, you know, changes up a little bit more. Cozy? You have your okay. hot, you have your hot girl summer, right? Where everybody's like, I want to be single. I want to go out <laughs> and party. I want to hook up. I want to, woo! And then the very first nip in the air, the very first leaf to to begin <laughs> to turn from a green to the, to a a subtle, subtle, subtle little yellow. Immediately, it's like, I need a boyfriend. <laughs> it's like, because you do, like, that's the thing is you don't want to go out. I need to cuddle somebody. <laughs> I need you, to steal somebody's sweaters. Yeah, because, you know, like, you're It's in, not about them. It's about stealing their big hoodies. If you're in New Jersey, you're going to go out on the mm. pier in Atlantic City in the summer, and you're going to get thoughty, and you do you. That's amazing. <laughs> Live your life. But tell me that that first little snowflake and you're not like, I don't want to go anywhere. I'm good. I'm, you know, yeah. there's nowhere to hold my jacket. The <laughs> DJ won't do it for me anymore. So then you're like, okay, you want to be cozy. You want to be at home, but you want, you like need that social aspect because we're social creatures. And mm -hmm. so it's, you know, you dip into cuffing season. And I feel like there, sometimes it'll be like an emotional shift that happens yeah. when the season changes. That's why I asked you how yeah. long it's been going on for you. Cause I was like, Maybe it's just like a cuffing season vibe. Also, because I, I, oh, you no. know, I read your horoscope every day. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. you do. <laughs> I do. And oh wait, what did my horoscope say today? So what I've been learning about you, Capricorn, is currently yes. like it's we're in this period where the most important thing for like before, and I know you know this mm -hmm. before it was work, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. Like very Capricorn, very like get that money, like. Yeah, Pave those foundations, all the things. Now that we're in Scorpio season and we're getting into the holidays, it's like focus less on that and focus more on the people you love and deepening those connections. So like spend more time with friends, mm -hmm. have more conversation, like real intense conversations with each other, get vulnerable, share things, like have that network strengthened. Um, and that's what your past few horoscopes have been. Well. Yeah. I am going to a couple of Halloween parties. So. There you go. Hey, oh. Yeah. What up, social people? What? <laughs> we might need to practice uh, that before you go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine generally in social situations. I don't make it too awkward usually. I think. Nobody said anything. Maybe they're just being nice and they're like, don't make, don't, don't call her out. She's trying. Aww. No, you're delightful Kitty. at parties. No. I'm the one that'll just walk up to a random circle of people and be like, so uh, what do you think happens when we die? I cannot, <laughs> I cannot do small talk. It's just, it's not even on principle. It's just, I can't. Uh, My brain doesn't yeah, work that it's way. It's hard. Yeah. So I don't like it. Uh, so I Amazing. appreciate that about you. That's uh, what I'm here for. That and only that. <laughs> Rat. And calling Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith, call us. Will Smith, we love you. The I feel like the yeah. only the only the only people I love more than Will Smith are Willow and Jaden. Ugh, I know. Something Beautiful. in that gene pool so is 
I can't even put my finger on it. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be like Beyonce and Jay-Z's gene pool, too. Like, their kids are already doing the thing. Oh. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, here's to celebrity children. They're one of the spookiest (laughs) things out there. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to us. Go on, you know, our regularly scheduled tangents uh we hope that you have a wonderful and safe halloween season stay hydrated this is halloween Halloween, buddy system all that fun stuff and uh we'll catch you next time thanks (laughs) y'all bye